Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. And this week we're talking about Richard Wagner's Die Meistersinger von Nuremberg, the Master Singers of Nuremberg, Eric, which debuted in 1868. I've got a smile on my face already just thinking about this opera. It's, it's just one of those pieces, just like Verdi's masterpiece, his comedic masterpiece, actually, Falstaff, also. It uh, simply sends you out of the theater feeling that all's right with the world. It just lifts you up. It's, it's a wonderful that way. And it's quite a long opera, isn't it? Uh, rather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like about five hours. Uh, at least. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's actually a little bit longer than that. Set in Nuremberg, present-day Germany, in the middle of the 16th century, and it revolves around this guild, the Guild of the Master Singers. Right. Explain what that is. Well... As with everything in their society, there was a guild. There was a guild for shoemakers, and there was a guild for... Um, goldsmiths. Goldsmiths, etc., uh, etc. Et and they simply valued art and singing in particular. And so that there was a, a prescribed method of composing uh, and singing. And uh, you had to... You had to be admitted into the guild of master singers in order to be able to, you know, to sing and enter their contests and, and whatnot. And it was v- taken very, very seriously. And there were lots of rules and regulations as to how the song should be constructed and etc. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> exactly right. We have at the center of this piece this burgeoning love between Ava and Walter. Two young people, yes. Who are these people? Well... Walter is uh, a young knight from out of town. He's Very, new to town. Yes, he's new to town. Eva is the daughter of the goldsmith Veit Pogner. He is an elder in the town. He is a, a man of, of very special importance and position. And therefore, his daughter is uh, a, a catch, I guess, is the way you would Is he would Is he say. a master singer? Yes, he is. Absolutely. So, Walter von Stolzing has come into town, and he's seen Ava, and they have started to to flirt and started to fall in love. Right. And then her father comes along and says, we're going to have this singing competition, and guess what the prize will be? Ava! (laughs) (laughs) Just like American Idol. You're right. (laughs) Exactly. I will give you my daughter's hand in marriage. <laughs> Tell us about the competition. Who could enter? Well, I mean, anybody could enter, but you have to abide by the rules of the master singers. And as you said before, the rules are very complex and detailed. And uh, as Walter becomes made aware of all of these rules, because he's interested in Eva, when he learns that she is the prize, her hand in marriage, that is, of this song contest the next day, he, he wants to enter the contest and win her hand in marriage. So David, who is the apprentice to the cobbler Hans Sachs, who is at the center of everything in, going on in this, in this opera. David is tasked with tutoring Walter quickly. <laughs> because the contest <laughs> is the next day. The next day is a special day. It's Midsummer Day. Right. And this is a day where all the guilds parade 
with their banners, etc. A big uh, festival, right? Big festival on the town square, exactly. So David is is tutoring or attempting to tutor Walter in all of the rules and regulations regarding compositional style and and singing and and all these things that you have to to know and master in order to become a master singer and and Walter is just overwhelmed almost immediately <laughs> completely overwhelmed they hold auditions the day before and Walter is persuaded to take part to, to have an audition to see whether or not if he, he could can... become a master singer himself right exactly so he is set up to improvise a song, basically. And Sixtus Beckmesser, another master singer, volunteers to be the marker when Walter sings his song. Now, the marker is the person who sits behind a screen with a chalk and a chalkboard and makes a mark every time he hears a mistake. He's a judge. He is a judge. Right. He's the Simon Cowell. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, love it, love it. <laughs> so Volta sings his song. Right. And Beckmesser is behind the screen with his chalkboard. And you can hear in the score these scratches and scratch. And they, get, they can become faster and they become more uh, voluminous as the song goes on. Uh, and it has to be noted here that Beckmesser has an agenda. Because he very much wants Ava and wants to be the one to win her hand in marriage. And he recognizes Envalta, a rival, and so he regards this as his opportunity to get rid of a rival. And so he's just marking away, right and left, all the way through Walter's song. And Walter is getting more and more agitated the more <laughs> scratches he hears on the chalkboard. What does Walter sing about? He does a, a song about spring and and nature and, um, you know, talks about the spring. The birds and, in the and, fields. Yes, and, and youthful love and all these wonderful things. So at the end of Act One, Walter has failed his audition. He didn't get in. <laughs> he failed it pretty, pretty spectacularly, too. But Hans Sachs has shown himself to be an ally. Yeah. Even though, as we'll discover in the, in the next couple of acts, Hans Sachs himself has really genuine, deep feelings for Eva, and yet he recognizes the fact that he's too old for her. But he has these feelings, and you sort of get the impression that they're not completely unrequited feelings. Eva herself also has feelings for Hans Sachs, but she has become completely smitten with Walter and he with her, and, you know, that's going to happen. Because she actually says that she has considered Hans as husband material. Yes, exactly. But then Walter came along, and, of course, he is he's young, and, and she's fallen in love he's with him. He's age-appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so as we, uh, the curtain rises on Act 2, uh, it's a street uh, with an adjoining alley in Nuremberg. And you're seeing two houses across from one another. You've got, on the right, you've got Veit Pogner's house, which is where Ava lives, out in front of which is a lime tree. And on the left, you have Hans Sachs' house, and his, where his, his cobbler studio is situated also. Uh, and it's characterized out in front. It has an elder tree. And so the, there are these two houses on either side of the street, and there's an alleyway that goes 
you know, back into uh, upstage between them. Hans is working at his bench. Yeah, he's taken his bench outside to work outside. And he's thinking back to the song that Walter sang. And he liked it. Yeah. Even though it didn't necessarily conform to all the rules and regulations, Hans liked it. Well, and that's one of the central themes here. You've got in Walter this impetuous uh, creative wellspring that is sort of undisciplined. And then on the other hand, you've got the master singers who represent sort of discipline, but sometimes at the expense of creativity. You know, they're so wrapped up in rules and regulations that it kind of robs the song of anything that's engaging. <laughs> so, you know, Hans Sachs, I think, represents the middle ground between the two, and he sort of brings Walter along so that you have in Walter then, by the end of the opera, uh, an artist who has all the creative, innovative ideas still within him, but they're tempered now by, you know, by technique and by being able to give the song form and shape as opposed to just, you know, free-flowing creativity, you know, out the Stream of consciousness. Stream of consciousness, exactly. Eva has arranged to meet Walter, a secret night rendezvous. Yeah, they're basically trying to circumvent what's going to happen the next day, which is to say... That she will have to marry the winner. She has to marry somebody, you know, which they are now convinced is not going to be Walter because he... He washed out so spectacularly uh, in his attempt to become a master singer. So they're trying to circumvent things, and they're basically planning to kind of run away together. And Hans Sachs hears that and decides that he's going to do all he can to prevent them making that mistake. Exactly, which is why he brings his workbench outside. And so uh, along comes Beckmesser, <laughs> who's you know, hoping to kind of woo Ava a little bit. And so he wants to sing a serenade under her window. So Hans Sachs says, great. And while you're singing, <laughs> I'll be your marker. Except instead of a chalk, I'll use my hammer. <laughs> and I'll hammer a nail into one of these shoes every time you make, make a mistake. A mistake. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, you can just imagine how well that goes. <laughs> so Beck Messer starts his song. Yes. Do we hear any nails being tapped into shoes? Oh, boy, do we ever. <laughs> and, of course, Beckmesser's, you know, music, it's very fussy and very florid, you know, and not engaging at all. So, and, and it becomes a, a moment of comedy when we hear Hans Zox, you know, pounding away <laughs> at the shoes every time he hears uh, what, he, what he considers a mistake in Beckmesser's song. Beckmesser defends himself, saying that he's nervous. yes. Yes. Which is why his song hasn't been very good. Right. Now, meanwhile, what uh, Ava has done is with her maid Magdalena, her nurse, rather, they've switched clothing so that... All good operas have that. Yes, they do. <laughs> we have to have some identity confusion. Uh, they've switched clothing so that Ava can then run away with Walter without being you know, recognized easily. So Beckmesser is standing there beneath... Ava's window serenading whom he thinks is her, but is actually Magdalena in Ava's clothing. So then along comes David, who's, who is Magdalena's boyfriend. Betrothed. Betrothed. 
And he knows perfectly well who that is up in the window. <laughs> and he sees Beck Messer standing there serenading her. He doesn't, you know, realize the, the complexities of the situation and thinks that Beck Messers is going after his girl. <laughs> so he attacks. <laughs> and in fact, it turns into sort of a general brawl. Uh, sort of. It's a it's an outright riot is what this thing devolves into. It just becomes and it's it's an amazing score that Wagner has created that it sounds like complete pandemonium and yet it's all completely in the score. It really does sound like a riot. Everybody is going pell-mell everywhere, you know, shouting, although they're not really shouting, they're singing. It's, 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 it's an amazing scene. And in all that confusion, Hans Sachs steps in and takes Walter to his place and Ava to her place. Yes. Get them out of the way, get them out of trouble. Out of the brawl, exactly. And that's the end of Act Two. Yeah, the night watchman comes and settles everything and everything is quiet again and then we... The curtain falls. Act Three is the next day. Yes. This is the big day, the festival day. And it's also... Johannistag. Johannes Tag, Johannes John's Day, which is Hans Sachs Saint's Day. Yeah, Hans being short for Johannes. So it's of special significance for Hans. Yes. And they're going to have this festival, the Guild Festival, and Hans is going to be the MC. Right. But he's still determined to help Walter, Walter. all he can. Exactly. So he works with Walter to craft a song that Walter can sing at the contest and helps him by guiding Walter's song and giving it form and giving it uh, all the things that a master song requires, yet still having all of Walter's creativity and, and, uh, and passion. Walter tells him of the dream that he had the night before about Adam and Eve in paradise. Yes. And that's what Hans Sachs helps him craft into the song. The prize song. Morgenlich leuchtend im rosigen Schein is the way it begins. They work on the song, and Hans takes Walter away to get him dressed appropriately for the contest. To compete, right. Beckmesser comes in to the cobbler shop, to Hans's yes. shop, and he finds the words to the song written down. And he takes them. <laughs> he's thinking that this is Hans Sack's song. Uh-huh. And he's removing the potential rivalry right. for Ava's hand. right. So he's going to take it for himself and sing it himself that very day. So he's, he's basically uh, setting himself a very ambitious goal to learn and memorize this song in, you know, presumably just an hour or so. 
And uh, that, will, that will come back to haunt him with comic effect. <laughs> so then Ava returns. Uh, she comes into the shop under the pretext that her shoe is hurting her. Right. This is like act two of La Boheme. Where oh, Musetta, was that the right, right. She sends You're right. Alcindoro off to get her shoe fixed at the cobbler. Yeah. It's a pretext. It's a pretext. She really wants to talk to Zox about Walter because Zox is someone that she, I mean, she genuinely loves Zox. You know, he's her, he's her confidant here. And he, he, she wants, she wants his, his guidance and his advice. And, uh, and in fact, she says that if, if Volta hadn't come along, this is where she says, I would have considered you as a husband, Hans. Right. And his reply is really interesting because it says so much about him as a person. He says, ah, but look at the Tristan and Isolde legend. King Mark, the old man, marrying Isolde, the young woman. Things did not work look out. Look how that ended up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. He doesn't want to be King Mark. Then they have this curious little thing where they have to christen Walter's song. Yeah. And this gives rise to, oh my gosh, one of the most amazingly, exquisitely beautiful pieces of music ever written. Uh, in which all of them are, as in opera, I mean, this is what opera does uniquely well. You know, if you had a play and you had five people all talking, all expressing their thoughts at the same time, it would be cacophony. But opera can do exactly that. They're all expressing their thoughts at the exact same time, and you can follow what everyone is saying because they all have a different vocal line. And this one is just, oh, I just, (laughs) I can't even begin to tell you. It's so beautiful. And they christen the song The Blessed Morning Dream True Story. And then they leave for the festivities. Yes. Down by the river. Down by the river. And then we have another amazing musical passage in which you have the setting of the scene of this town festival. And, oh, this is just Wagner at his best. And you have all the guilds come parading in. And you have uh, the entrance of the masters. And it's... It just makes your heart leap into your throat. The contest begins, and Hans Sachs is is sort of moderating. And they decide that the master singers should compete in order of seniority. And guess who's first? Beckmesser. (laughs) How does he get on with his stolen song? Oh, really badly. (laughs) Really badly. Again, the music... Is, is very florid and very formal and just kind of silly. But even worse, he's tried to cram these lyrics into his head in such a short period of time that he just makes a complete mash of them uh, to the point where it actually, and it's, it's, very, it's very clever the way Wagner does this. It's, uh, he, there's a lot of puns here. I mean, it actually sounds like a Mad Lib. It's so comedically <laughs> ridiculous what comes out of the poor man's mouth. 
everybody's laughing at him because it's so awful. Yes. And again, I guess as a summing up his own character, he storms off and says, well, I didn't write this anyway. Hans Sachs did. Right. <laughs> and then Walter steps up yes. to sing his song. Oh, boy. And this is, again, another amazing musical moment. Morgan Leith Leuchtend in Rosingenschein begins the prize song of, of Walter, and it is a gem, a, a, a gem of absolute potent lyrical beauty. And uh, he is delivered brilliantly, uh, and it completely, completely wins the day. Even though it's unconventional it does have the desired effect on the judges, on the, the master singers. They see its beauty. Yes, as does Ava. <laughs> he is declared the winner by acclamation. Right. And Ava crowns him with the, uh, the wreath, the laurel, laurel wreath. But he refuses. Why? Because he's proud and he's impetuous and he's young. <laughs> and kind of stupid in the way that only the very young can be. He's just he's just proud and impetuous. You know, the, the master singers rejected him, so he's going to reject them. But Hans Sachs warns him, advises him. Yes. Don't reject it all. No. He says, honor your German masters. And he concludes with, oh, what would you say? It's, it's, a, it's an ode to the art uh, uh, of of the masters and and you know to respect the the artists that have gone before you the tradition the tradition exactly and then he invests him with the medals of the guild etc indeed and he gets Ava's hand in marriage yes and they all live happily ever after yeah presumably <laughs> <laughs> a very long opera as we've said yes and a, an opera not without controversy. That's very true. Uh, this opera has been uh, met with, uh, well, with, with accusations of anti-Semitism. Because as, as we know, Wagner as, uh, as a composer was a genius. Uh, as a man, he was, uh, well, let's just say he was lacking. <laughs> he was, in, he in was anti-Semitic. Ways. He was very anti-Semitic. In fact, he even wrote about it. And the anti-Semitism label gets slapped on Die Meistersinger for a lot of reasons, it's, but mostly it's about the character of Beckmesser. And the, the intimation is that Wagner has, has created a, a caricature, a Jewish caricature in Beckmesser and, and held him up to ridicule. And not without merit, it uh, has to be said. There's a moment in Act One uh, when Wagner is singing uh, his song to try to get into the guild of master singers, and Beckmesser is behind the screen you know, with his little chalkboard. And the, 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 the scratches are coming, you know, faster and faster and faster. And Walter is getting very agitated. And he throws in a, a line. He improvises a line about um, winter is, is waiting for me in the thorn bushes or something like that. And this seems to be a reference to a Grimm Brothers story called The Jew in the Thorn Bush or something like that. And, and there, are other, there are other instances that, that seem to be Wagner pointing to Beckmesser as a, as a, a Jewish caricature. And there's also that whole uh, subtext here of, of German art and Absolutely. The, the, the Germanic tradition, which, of course, Wagner was so intent on 
uh, developing and purifying purifying to, to to get rid of foreign elements uh, in in his mind which is what Hans Sachs is singing about at the end when he tells Walter don't reject it all right right so yeah basically it's there and uh, as a director in opera you have to you have to come to grips with grips with that you have to face it in the same way that if you direct uh, the magic flute you have to come to grips with the fact that the character of Mosnostatos is horribly racist, and you have to find a way to mitigate that. Uh, most directors in the Magic Flute's case just make sure that the character of Mosnostatos, when he's on stage, is not black. Uh, in the case of De Meistersinger, I, I seem to see more and more when, when modern productions are staged, directors are taking the character of Beckmesser and making him not so much a caricature, but a fully rounded, three-dimensional character and actually a figure of tragedy in some ways. Even though, yes, the comedy is still there, you know, and, and the, the silliness of the lyrics when he finally sings his song in Act 3 and things like that. But they de-emphasize the, the obvious comedy in favor of creating a fully realized human being so that he becomes not a caricature, uh, but something else. He's still the antagonist in this opera, granted, but, uh, you know, there are ways to do that because, again, just as you said, you know, Hans Sachs says, don't throw away all of it. You don't want to throw away this opera because it is a masterpiece and it's a wonderful piece and you, you don't want to throw it away simply because the man who wrote it... Because the man who wrote it held ideas that are abhorrent to us today. Exactly. Richard Wagner's The Meistersinger von Nürnberg. That's this week's Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm St. John Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 